The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro Eastside and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side, And I'm Eric Osses here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Happy weekend. Happy weekend. Right back at you once again. Here we again. are again, over five years of Open Open House of Team Reba. Yes. So much wonderful material. <laughs> oh, it's been fun. Yeah. yeah it's, it's been, been totally You know what? I'm really looking forward to today's show. Yeah. Which our show normally we're covering real estate and finance mm-hmm. and you know, a lot well, of things related in topics. Yeah. 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 But, but this... I just, it's nice to have some fun stuff every once in a while. Absolutely. Because yeah. not that, you know, I mean, because you and I can talk real estate and mortgage all day long to oh, yeah. like, we're know, blue in the face. Totally. That's what, exactly what I was going to say. So we've been around each other too much. <laughs> Actually, did you notice that we both dressed in the same colors today? <laughs> I just yeah. noticed that. Nice. Oh, my God. We're becoming like those old couples oh, that dress scary. alike. <laughs> old married couple, and we're, not, we're right. not even related. Well, I'm not holding your hand when we cross the street. I'm telling you no, that right now. No, we're not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, that's too funny. No, I'm just, I'm looking forward to the fact that I get to have a little minor reunion with a past client that yeah. I'm so excited to have on the show today. And then also just like a lot of the major topics we're going to be covering because, you know, one of the things that's been going on so much during COVID that has made me actually very happy in my heart about is the number of people who've started reading again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's be- true. Because people have been at home or doing staycations and things like that. Cause I don't know if you know this, but the statistics around the number of people who actually read post high school or college are pretty dismal. Oh, they're really, they're really bad. Yeah. I, I'm lucky. I grew up in a, in a household where everybody's a reader. Same here. And my kids are. And absolutely. It's, yeah. It's something that yeah, I mean, my, my niece, Katie Jackson, she's yeah. a English teacher because of it. She, well, she loves literature and I mean, I'm the same way. A long term. Mm-hmm. It's good for you. Oh, it's, you know, it's great for you. I read 40 of, to 60 of, books a year. You know, Alzheimer's and things like that, they mm-hmm. say, can be mitigated if you're keeping your, your mind active. Yeah, and absolutely. And, and challenging your brain. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and there's different ways to be able to read nowadays. Mm-hmm. Because I the reason I get True. through 40 to 60 books each year is because... I, I do still the, you know, it's on paper, yeah. but I also listen to things like Audible Audiobooks. all yeah. the time mm-hmm. and yeah. I love it. Love, yeah. love, love it. Yeah. My youngest son's really into those. You yeah. Know, we work around the house and you've got mm-hmm. you know, Harry Potter going or whatever yeah. in there. So, yeah. I yeah. do a ton of education, uh, both on like business material, uh, you know, anything to do with marketing. Mm-hmm. I've started actually getting a little bit more into fiction um, mm-hmm. here and there. I love True historical novels. Um, you know, you and I have traded books even. Mm-hmm. In fact, yeah, I, I got your permission to hand off a book. Oh, to, right. Remember Astoria? I want to talk about that one, yeah. 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 That, oh, my gosh. I love that book so much. <laughs> it's a good book. It, it was a crazy good book. Shackleton, uh, you know, all these other things, you know, Curve mm-hmm. of Time, all these so many wonderful books. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to having our guest. We're going to have Chris Lundgren, who is an author living up in Alaska, um, and she's going to be calling in by phone today, so we'll get to her in our second, maybe third segments also. Yeah. Um, but she's in town right now visiting. I'm also excited because I get to see her while she's here, and it's not just her but her family um, because – 
Listeners, this was the most fun thing. And I, I'm going to ask her what she thought the experience was like. So I'll, I might drop this bomb on her while we're <laughs> all sitting in the in the segment. But um, her family was the first ones once COVID happened uh, that went and did an all virtual purchase of a property through me and my team. Vir- total virtual. Completely virtual. Never, never, they never saw the, the place. They Well, they saw it, but not in the typical format. Right. We used video calls where I was actually touring the units for them and then pointing things out. And then I did everything in person on their behalf. Yeah. And then, in fact, it was so funny wow. when they were closing it, the husband was, you know, Carl was just like, this is the most expensive thing I've ever bought online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Very expensive. Which I thought was a riot. Oh, too funny. But, um, but then I found out that she's an author and, yeah. Uh, and as a bigger reader as I am, I was just like, well, I need to check this out. Definitely. So, yeah. yeah. And it was fun. And I love kind of, I, I figured you would be into it just because as you know, um, you know, we, we both are big into the outdoors and mm-hmm. have different experiences around that. Yep. And, uh, when we get her on in the next segment, we'll kind of compare and contrast perhaps Excellent. some of those things. Yeah. And, um, I, I got a lot of questions for her. Excellent. About you know yeah. how she got into it and 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 how she's morphed in her writing career because it's a it's a thing it's a lot easier to publish books nowadays mm-hmm. you know self publish but you know she's done it through an organization and I'm just I'm so curious to to learn yeah. more about it absolutely so anyway when I understand you've got a book to give away I do so many of our listeners I hope if they've been listening to us for a while know that I'm a huge fan of Darren Hardy. Mm-hmm. And if you've never heard of Darren Hardy before, uh, he wrote a book called The Compound Effect. And I have in my hot little hands right here uh, a copy of that. I actually ordered several of them recently um, because I do a lot of uh, programs that he has for like leadership training. And it is the 10th anniversary of the initial printing of The Compound Effect. Mm-hmm. And I Great went, book. Yeah, it's a great, book. great, great book. And so I already have a copy. And in fact, actually, I went to one of his high performance forums, um, which now because of COVID, they're, they're not going to continue doing it anymore because it's a big hundred mm-hmm. person event. But um, I mean, some of this, some of the material he covers can truly be life changing. And mm-hmm. a lot of people feel that way about this particular book. So listeners, here's the deal. I have some copies of this and I would love to hear from you why you might want a copy of this. Like if you're somebody out there who is excited about making a change in your life or doing some kind of personal growth, this book, whether you're starting a business, whether you're just trying to do self-improvement, you are... Or do better at your current job. Exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. Because it's all these tiny little iterations that you can make in your life that end up over time having the compound effect. And I always love it. They're easy. They're easy. Exactly. Many people get overwhelmed because they set these lofty goals, but they they don't think about how they break that down into digestible pieces. And I also love because, you know, what's one of the other things that's in finance? Mm. The compound effect. Absolutely. Compound interest. (laughs) Sure. So I figure for... But yeah. Well, it is a little bit different, but but then again, it's not. But it all adds up. It all adds up. Those tiny Mm -hmm. little things Mm -hmm. do eventually add up. I mean, the compound interest thing is that, yeah, it's like, you know, we've talked about this on the show where, you know, you're using leverage on your down payment. Right. 
But this is still sort of kind of the same thing, but it's something that impacts your personal life. Mm -hmm. So I would be interested if you want to send a request to info at teamreba.com. I would love to read your stories and I'm going to pick two or three of those and I will send you, you're going to need to send me your name and address and that kind of stuff. And I'll send you a copy of this book. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you have not read the book, it's, it can be a life changer. It's a great book. Yes. And if, if you even picked up one or two ideas, you know, from that book, it's a, it's an easy read. It's, it's oh, yeah. a pretty fast read. Yeah. Uh, but exactly. if you pick up even one, one idea out of that book, you're, you're exactly be a better and person for it. And it's worth going back to read mm-hmm. a couple of times over, over life. Yeah. I have it on my nightstand. I need to do that myself. Just blow the dust off of it and go through it again because I, I was reading mm-hmm. a few of the snippets, you know, from, from that book and, and you know, the, probably one of the first things it says the first step towards change is awareness mm-hmm. and the best, best way to become aware is to measure yes. you know, write things down and uh, but but once you you know once you even start to realize and become aware of things you've already you've already yeah. changed cuz you start you're, paying you're, attention you're already on the path you're yeah. paying attention to it yeah i have i i take goals and i have in my room uh, a couple of different mirrors mm-hmm. one of them's a full-length mirror and i have opted to use one side of it to put my goals on oh <laughs> and i actually track you know every year what some of my bigger goals are mm-hmm. and then so there's my fitness goals i have some of my business goals um, i have a couple of motivating quotes that help propel me forward on each of those things on yeah. a regular basis um because yeah, one of them is this uh, transformation is not real uh, without consistency. Yeah. yeah right. Sure. You sure. Know, you can't just go and lose the weight and then stop eating healthy and think you're going to stay at that weight. Right. Right. Or yeah. you can't. Now, I tried that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I noticed. Uh, <laughs> sorry. No, it's because Ellie cooks so much. Mm. And so do you. Mm. But uh, but you guys cook tasty food, I will say. <laughs> so it's hard to turn down. Yeah. But um but no, I like all of those things are on there. And so, um, in fact, I, maybe I don't always get to every single one of them, but I'm always propelling myself forward. Mm-hmm. And so like some of the ones that I've already done this year, like we were talking on, um, a, a recent show, I was talking about how I was refinancing my boat and my car. Mm-hmm. Those were two things that were on my list for this year right. to get around to getting mm-hmm. done. And, yep. you know, at the beginning of COVID, I was like, oh man, with the way, who knows what's going to happen with the economy? Right, I don't know. Right. I don't know. Yep. But you know what? I just kept it every day in my sites and a few weeks ago i started the process and here i am now i've got that piece done and i'm saving money and that money is now going to helping reduce debt for me and i love that those things make me i'm a virgo man i'm like a uber (laughs) virgo that makes me so happy to check it off my list it's nice to do that save money i do that too i do that too (laughs) yeah look here's here's my i have my uh oh i see my spiral binder yes and i'll take a number two ticonderoga Yep. And uh, and I just make little boxes, and when I'm done, I check them off. And, Doesn't it feel so uh, good? Especially at the end it. of the day. You know, yes. you've got that. Like that done, 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 done. But then I also have one for, for bigger goals. Yes, and things exactly. That it's, I'm not going to be able to just check it off in a couple mm-hmm. hours. I've got to really dig in and yeah. do well, some Well, and that's work. what this book really does is mm-hmm. it also helps you identify, like, okay, if, I want, if my big goal is to get to here, how do I back into that? Mm-hmm. 
right? Because you and I were always talking about that as goal setting. It's like, what is the ultimate goal? But how do I back into how to get there? What are the little daily steps Mm -hmm. that I need to get to every single day? Sometimes that little daily step is how much you're not buying at the Starbucks. So you put that money aside for a down payment somewhere. Because $1 spent today is five bucks in the future that you don't have. Exactly. And since it's like seven bucks for a Starbucks nowadays, that's that's a a whole Uh, lot. That's $35. (laughs) Yes, it is. So anyway, we're going to get to our guest when we get back after this break. Really excited to bring on Chris Lundgren and her book, Accidental Adventures Alaska, here in just a few moments on Open House with Team Reba. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba. And we're here every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock bringing information on real estate and finance. And also on Sundays from 3 to 4 p.m. And, and don't forget our podcasts. Yes. We've got five years of content on our podcasts. You so can find much us pretty much all the major podcast outlets. Yes. Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. Mm-hmm. Just Buzzsprout, ask, yeah. Buzzsprout, ask Alexa. Yeah. If we'll you've got there. her. <laughs> if you've got her. I actually had some, you know what I had someone tell me recently? They said huh. they felt sad for me that I didn't have an Alexa. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, don't feel sad for me. I don't want some ladies sniffing around my house, listening to everything I have to say. Like, I don't feel bad at all. Solid point. <laughs> I'm like, why do you feel sorry for me, weirdo? I thought that was the dumbest thing to have someone feel sorry for you about. Mm, I was like, oh, poor me. I choose not to dive into your technology. Speaking of dumb, if you want dumb, (laughs) ask Alexa to tell you a joke. They are dumb. They're dad jokes, big time. Yeah, well, and you are the king of dad jokes. (laughs) But... uh, Oh, my gosh. I don't even know how to segue that into our guest right now. because Let's just go to Alaska, shall we? I think we should. I think we should. So we were just mentioning before the break that we have a guest with us today, and that is Chris Lundgren, who is an author. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Chris, thanks for being here. Thanks, Reba. Thanks, Eric. So we're super excited. So you're currently in town visiting from Alaska, are you not? Yes, I am. Okay, so you, you didn't like call in from Alaska, so we have you local, mm-hmm. but we didn't quite get you into the studio. Um, but let me let me ask, if I may, before you jump into the information about your book, where might you be staying, Chris? <laughs> well, I happen to be in a condo that we bought through you <laughs> at the Mark on Bellevue, and uh, it's beautiful. We love it, and. Um, we were thankful that we had such an awesome realtor and that we could do it remotely. Um, yes. It was during the beginning of the height of the pandemic. The very beginning of it, because I still remember that you guys were actually supposed to come down and tour properties with me. And because mm-hmm. uh, like all the BLM and everything else started to happen and the riots and you guys said, and COVID, you're like, mm-hmm. everything combined, like we probably shouldn't come down. Sure. Yeah. Right. right. So, but um, so I I have to ask though, what was it like having me tour the properties for you using um, virtual calls, like with video call? Well, it was really really helpful because you showed us everything. You weren't trying to you know just gloss it over and make it look all pretty and everything. You showed us 
you know, there was one in particular that had some darker corners and and that sort of thing. And you knew that that wouldn't work for us. And so, um, you know, we got your full description of, of each place that you were looking at, plus, you know, just being able to, to actually see it because we were video chatting. Right. Yeah, that was that was the most fun. In fact, I think the one that you're talking about that did have a lot of darkness because we determined by its location and what was around it that it was surrounded by other buildings and would never actually have direct sunlight in it. Oh, yeah, which that would be, awful. And yeah. then on top of it, you could see into every building around <laughs> you that was not that far away. Yeah. And so this was the beginning of COVID. So everybody's home. Yeah, they're all looking out the window. Oh, yeah. who's in unit 308? <laughs> exactly. So and I actually took the phone and showed the whole Lundgren family. I'm like, see these people over here and this person over here. And I think this lady's still in her jammies. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And that made it a very hard no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think my well, commentary was, unless you were either uh, someone who was uh, what, I know, an exhibitionist or a voyeur. <laughs> yeah, you're not, not for you. Yeah. Well, yeah, that wasn't going to work. Yeah, we've yeah. always we've always commented we wish that that some of these online listings had smell-o-vision, but oh, you gosh. were there personally, <laughs> yes. so you could Yes, I could definitely tell them all of that. So, you know, it was really great because what we also did during that uh, transaction was, and I super appreciated this with your entire family, Chris, was that everyone was engaged in providing feedback and Mm -hmm. narrowing down because when we started working together, they had a pretty broad sense of the number of (laughs) neighborhoods they would consider. And by researching and talking together about what everyone was trying to do. Cause this is a condo that actually their son is living in, but mm-hmm. the, the parents, you know, so Chris and her husband, Carl will be maybe eventually taking it over mm-hmm. for them in, you know, retirement years yeah, and, or for just, you know, short-term visits and things like that when they come down from Alaska. So it, it, we were trying to make everybody happy. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you were successful at that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, well, I'm super excited that you're here and that you're getting a chance to enjoy it. Um, but let's talk about the fact that you are down from Alaska. So your book, Accidental Adventures Alaska, do we always have to add the true tales of ordinary people facing danger in the wilderness? That's a large mouthful. Uh, I'll probably just call it AAA. <laughs> there you go. That's a good way to um, shorten it, definitely. Yeah, but, but tell our listeners, like I, I've started reading the book and I'm into a couple of chapters and it's... It is tales of ordinary people getting into some like whoops moments. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you had mentioned the first chapter and, and <clears throat> that's really one of my favorites because it was a hiker, two hikers who got separated and uh, one of them got horribly lost. And I like it because it illustrates how easy it is to get lost and get yourself into trouble when you're in Alaska because um, it doesn't take much to get off the beaten path. So, yeah, in that particular chapter, it also mentions that as the gal's being taken out by helicopter, she realizes, like, how close she is actually to civilization, but how wildly lost that she could be so close. Oh, and and that can happen so easy. And that happens here, too. It does all the time. Yeah, Yeah, it does all the time. Chris, I I, I was mentioning um, just before the show, I read the first chapter, and and, uh, I believe that was um, Ashley Werner. Was mm-hmm. that the, yeah. the person who got lost? And um, it, it it made me angry uh, because uh, growing up, I, I've uh, mentored, uh, started with Cub Scouts and then Boy Scouts. I have two boys that are Eagle Scouts. 
you know, we've been on a lot of a lot of hikes. We've been in the the woods all four seasons, and you know, what's the number one rule? You know, when when we're out in the woods, is you got the buddy system. You stay right. with your buddy. You don't mm-hmm. separate. And uh, so, anytime I read, um, you know, things like that, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm yelling at the person. <laughs> don't separate. Right. Yes, I believe it. Yeah, it is kind of the cardinal sin. Right, but so so out of curiosity, though, Chris, like, so you wrote this book, and it's actually your third book. But what made you decide to go after these tales? Well, I several years ago, I wrote this article for my local newspaper on a, a local family who uh, we knew who were on a voyage, like a two and a half year um, ocean voyage on a sailboat, and it was their adventure was so cool and so much fun to write about. I just started thinking, you know, I'd like to write something bigger on adventure. And then, um, you know, of course, in Alaska, we hear about people's misadventures all the time. Fortunately, we've never had one that was bad enough to include in the book ourselves. But, um, you know, I've just heard so many. So I kind of started with people I knew and started kind of throwing at a net and asking for stories. And then um, when I knew it was going to be a real book, I started researching newspapers around the state and then um, actually contacted a few rescue agencies, too, to see if I could get a hold of people. Like, for instance, there's a, a chapter on an avalanche um, survivor. And mm. I definitely, that's one of the kinds of um, misadventures I wanted to include in the book. So that's kind of how, how it started and how I went about collecting these stories. Okay. What is it about avalanches that was so compelling that you wanted to make sure that you would include it in this book? Well, um, they're just so prevalent in Alaska, and um, there, we have so many agencies that are educating about avalanches, and yet we still have a lot of people who get caught up in them. Well, see, you already um, just educated me right there, because mm-hmm. I'm always thinking of, like, the wildlife, that, oh, right. or just being out in exposure. Yeah, no, a lot of avalanches are triggered by snowmobiles. Oh, yeah. Or, um you know, just or even just kind of mishaps on hiking, misreading the conditions yeah. or being in the wrong place at the wrong time, of course, as well. Right. Yeah. And so like for, right. for me, Chris, why I find this kind of interesting and a great reminder, uh, one, like the second chapter I'm in right now has about a boating accident, which of course I'm mm-hmm. a boater. So, and so is yeah. Eric. Mm-hmm. So I'm very interested about seeing how that one ends up. Um, and then that mm-hmm. first story, actually something very similar to that happened to me as a teenager. Because oh. I was, I grew up in Kansas, which of course, no mountains. <laughs> Where did you get lost in, Can- in the corn? I didn't get lost in Kansas. I said I grew up there, Eric. Okay. <laughs> God, um, but that's the whole thing. Is like I went to this church that, for us, we went to lots of events in Colorado because it was the Mm -hmm. next big closest place right for adventure and so we were at cabins up in the mountains in Estes Park I think Mm. it was and I went on a hike with several of my other you know youth group members and I was in way better shape than all of them and unfortunately this was before I learned a lot of things after I moved out here and became someone a member of the Mountaineers you don't let your fastest person lead Right. I, I found out many years later, but I was leading. And of course, you know, you can't hear a lot of stuff in the forest floor mm-hmm. um, because it's fairly quiet. And by the time I realized nobody was behind me any longer, I was above tree line oh. and got caught in a typical Colorado storm with some pretty major hail. Oh, 
mm-hmm. with cotton clothes on, you know, shorts and a sleeveless shirt and uh, oh and ended up experiencing hypothermia, um, mm-hmm. got headaches because I was being pelted with such heavy hail mm-hmm. and um, and was terrified up there. Yeah. Couldn't really yeah. move for a while because there was so much hail that came down that it made all of the, the rocks uh, slick. So it took right. two hours before I could even get off the rocks. Trails can become a river in a matter of minutes yeah. you know, when you get into that kind of situation. Yeah, so just getting through your first chapter of this book, I was kind of having flashbacks, <laughs> but also feeling like Eric of like, no, lady, no, what are you doing? <laughs> so, so it was a little bit of that. I that triggered you. Yeah, well, but, but in a good way. I mean, I was, I was definitely still um, – Interested in what she was doing and why she was doing it, because as as you're describing her situation, you really feel like you're in her first person um, element of that, of her describing what's going on. And she's actually explaining what's happening in her head. But um, before I get you to answer some more questions on that, though, we're about to go back into a break. But when we do, I'd love to know what your process was when you were getting these stories and how you were able to transfer them into such a great way within the book. So they sounded like first person. Okay. All right. Great. We'll be right back after these messages on Open House with Team Reba. Thanks for listening again with Chris Lundgren, author of Accidental Adventures, Alaska. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, REMAX Metro East Side. Welcome back indeed. This is Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And we've got Chris Lundgren with us, author of... Accidental, Accidental Adventures, Alaska. Adventures, Alaska. So uh, I, I've uh, only made it through the first chapter so far, Chris, but really, really an enjoyable read. And uh, anybody that's had any experience in the outdoors, it's like, ooh, yeah, you know, that's kind of <laughs> triggering me here a little bit. Um, so so can you give us a, I know uh, Reba has some questions for you, but can you give us kind of, kind of a bigger overview of the book? Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, well, there are 20 chapters. And um, all of them, except for one, are from the survivor's point of view. And that's a little bit of a spoiler, too, which tells you that every person made it back. So um, anyway, so all of them are from the survivor's point of view. Um, The one that is not um, was actually a mud flask rescue um, that happened um, in the Cook Inlet. And I told it from a volunteer firefighter's point of view, uh, one of the people who rescued this fisherman who had been stuck, a fisherwoman who had been stuck in the mud and as the tide was coming up. Um, so it's 20 tales. Um, I, I interviewed people, um, and then I, would, I wrote up a draft and re-interviewed people. And then when I had it as polished as I thought I could get it, um, I made sure each person that I interviewed got to take a look at it um, so it was some accurate from their perspective. Excellent. And this is available on Amazon? It yes. looks like yes, it I see it on it there is. as a Kindle and a paperback. Correct. And uh, you know, if if uh, if this were me writing a, a book report, of course I'd I'd be saying, oh, it's two hundred and forty pages and it weighs sixteen point <laughs> eight ounces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> well, so okay, so I'm I'm going to go back to so okay, so you did the interviews. Were you just taking notes? Were you recording people? How were you capturing their stories? 
Well, I record. I always ask the people on tape, mm-hmm. is it okay if I uh, record the interview? Because I find that um, by having the entire interview and being able to transcribe it mm-hmm. and go back over and over, there's so much that I would have missed if I was just taking notes. And, and that's me personally. A lot of people um, do it differently, but I, I prefer that. And it's a longer process because um, I still transcribe it, you know, typing it into the computer. So it takes a while, but um, I find that's a really good way to get really far into the storyline and, and to kind of pick out the points that I'm going to make a narrative out of. So with all these, um, you know, these different chapters, different things happening to different people, is there a common denominator? <laughs> like things, you know, something that, you know, that like, uh, you know, a, a word to the Being wise. Unaware. You know, if, <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. Or is some of this just bad luck? Um, some of it was bad luck, some of it bad choices, and sometimes both. You know, um, I, I think in a lot of cases it was both. So um, there are really two common denominators, I would say, and it's all how the people view it when they look back. Um, some people are still very sobered by what happened to them, and um, they look back and they you can tell they still really feel the trauma. Mm-hmm. And then other people have had enough distance and have been able to process it enough. And quite a few people were very funny about how they described what happened to them. So mm-hmm. I found people fell into one of the two camps. Well, I think that's probably, you know, one of the, probably, you know, the, the person's general nature will kind of, kind of have a little bit of an impact on the outcome. You know, the one thing mm-hmm. I always taught the scouts growing up is the, you know, what's the worst thing that you can do in an emergency situation and, and that's to panic, panic you know because a lot of bad gets, decisions mm-hmm. get made if, if you if you panic yeah and uh you know stopping so, taking a breath yeah all of that but yes. you know that's that's easier said than done you know depending on, on what the circumstances are it, absolutely know. true i you know so eric asked the question of you know is it bad luck is it this and that because like going into the second chapter which is about um the boating incident mm-hmm. that was interesting um from the standpoint of it wasn't something that they did wrong it was an engine that cut out mm-hmm. but they happened yeah. to be going right into a channel that just had like a wall of a rock yeah. that yeah. And, and it just I, I just was reading that last night i was like i don't know if i should be reading this before i go to sleep because <laughs> i did wake up in the middle of the night and i couldn't go to sleep for an hour and a half <laughs> so but I don't think so much from that. It was just, but it was, it, I, as someone, um, and I'll say this, Chris, it's because on Labor Day weekend, I was coming back on my boat. I'm a still new boater. And um, this guy's talking about being in 14 foot swells. Mm-hmm. And I was in six foot swells mm-hmm. out on Puget Sound. Mm-hmm. And so having just had that recent experience and then trying to extrapolate what that would be like, cause he was only in like a 34 foot boat mm-hmm. and mine's yeah, 30. That's not a lot of difference there. No. And I thought, right. Oh my gosh, what would I have done? I mean, I, Chris, I, I'm kind of glad you have that chapter in there because it made me go, I probably need to go back through all the safety instructions on my boat and make sure I know where absolutely. Cause he's talking about where like the suits are, the, the rubber suits they have to yes. get into. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. This is reminding me that I need to not get complacent because like Eric and I have talked about, like right now, boat sales have skyrocketed because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And there's a bunch of yahoos out there. Oh, <laughs> yes, there are. Yeah. Yes, there are. And so for me, I'm like, 
this is kind of a good learn some things from other people's mistakes so that you don't have to yeah, you know type right. of thing um so i'm appreciative of that um so I, I know the book just came out this summer. Um, is, it, is it doing as well as you thought that it might? I mean, like, because you're, you're a newer author. Like, this is only your third book. Right. Um, it's hard to tell how it's doing because I will get a, um, at some point I'll get a statement from the publisher, but that's, that's a ways down. I, I do know that okay. in Alaska, my local distributor has sold out a couple times and, there seems to be a pretty high demand for it. Um, nice. But again, I, I, it's, I'm kind of in the dark now until I, I find out a little bit more from the publisher. Right. So, and so yours is different from the standpoint of you have gone through a publisher because a lot of people are doing self-publishing today, right? Yeah. So, so yeah. you're going the more traditional route. Um, what are the other books that you have that are out there right now? Well, the first one I wrote was called The Runner's World Guide to Running and Pregnancy. And um, I wrote that really when I couldn't find a book that I was trying to read on running and pregnancy because I, um, during my first pregnancy, I was given some very, very conservative advice about, oh, you know, if your heart rate gets above a certain level, you just need to stop and walk. And it, that really wasn't very acceptable to me. But, of course, I did it to be careful. I'm going to um, guess that was a male doctor? Uh, actually, no, it wasn't. <gasps> really? <laughs> That's surprising. Right, right. Now, now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I did some research between pregnancies, and then before my second one, I knew um, I had found um, a, through the internet a doctor who had done studies on women exercising hard in their pregnancies and said, yes, it's perfectly safe. So I started to write a book proposal um, and then uh, sent it out to Rodale Press, which uh, used to be the publisher of Runner's World. I don't know if they still mm -hmm. are, but. Um, okay. And they, they scooped it up, and um, so the book came out actually a long time ago, 2003, um, and that is still in print because I think there's still a need for um, information on running during pregnancy. 100%. Um, you know, actually, I was yeah. a, a state-level swimmer in high school, and I remember mm -hmm. our coach was pregnant during one of the years, one of the seasons that we had, mm -hmm. and I remember she had been told to possibly not swim during that time herself, and she went, What? <laughs> That seems ridiculous. Right. And and so she did something kind of similar and, and started putting out like these tutorials around swimming during pregnancy. And it's it's and it seems yeah, what like would, it's perfectly good. Nothing wrong with that, running, swimming. Yeah. Maybe not boxing. Probably, probably not. Long, but yeah. Yeah. But you know, from the health aspect, I mean I mean that's the thing that you see is um, women tend to recuperate from their pregnancies better when they're in good health. Mm. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And and um, there's some evidence to show that babies can benefit from it too, so um, which is really kind of cool. Yeah, I can imagine so from a bunch of different levels, but it, we, that's not what this show is about. So I want to make sure <laughs> no, I don't digress. I have a you know a squirrel. Um, so what? And so what was the second book? The second book was uh, kind of a niche publication. It was a, a history of the area where I live, and that was put out by Arcadia Press, and they do. Um, all kinds of niche publications across the country. Um, but they wanted to get into the area where I live and uh, was a member of the historical society there. And um, Do you want to say where it is that you live or is that like private information? Yeah, no, no, it's fine. It's uh, in Eagle River, Alaska. It's um, uh, 12 miles northeast of Anchorage. 
And um, so the publisher kind of wanted to, I think they had, at that point, they only had two other books in the whole state and they were trying to expand. And so um, they wanted to look into our area. And so I put out, it's called Legendary Locals of Chugiak Eagle River. <laughs> well, I am sort definitely going to check off that off the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, after I'm done with this one, I'm definitely going to check that one out as well, because um, you mentioned in the kind of the foreword of this, that you've always had kind of a fascination with Alaska. And then you said you found mm-hmm. your husband, Carl, who's, who's similar. So so what drives that fascination? Well, um, I grew up in a, a suburban area, but my mom was really good about getting us outside and doing kind of, for the area, kind of unusual things. And, and so I've always enjoyed the outdoors. And then just as I got older, I, I just craved more and more adventure and um we had this opportunity to move to Alaska 23 years ago and um, thinking we were just going to be up there for a couple of years and we were lucky and we've been able to stay. What's, what's your favorite um, thing about where you live? The mountains, I would have to say. Um, I think that's, that's the main thing. It's, and I know you guys get some of that um, in, in Washington too, with moose. We Mm -hmm. see a lot of moose. Yeah. Not well, not too many. We don't see so many moose. (laughs) We see a lot of elk. We get a few. Oh, okay. All right. Well, neat. So, yeah, those are the major things that I I love about Alaska. I've had um, employees that that lived up there and worked out of Anchorage, and uh, I always um, had a hard time keeping track of them because they were always out of the office, and it was either moose season, elk season, (laughs) bear season, sockeye (laughs) season. Yeah, it was sort of one or the other. That sounds like you fish and crab. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, but thinking of seasons here, we do have a break uh, coming up. Uh, Chris, could you stay on for a few more minutes? Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, hang on. We're just going to be a, take a real quick break here, pay a couple bills, and we're going to be right back with Open House with Team Reba. Be right back. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back, Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes, and I'm from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage, but you knew that already. Uh, well, I did. I don't know if everybody else who's listening to the radio <laughs> knew that, but I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba. And we have Chris Lundgren on the air with us, uh, who author of Accidental Adventures at Las- Alaska. And uh, really happy to have you, Accidental (laughs) Adventures Alaska, available on Amazon. Uh, You know, uh, Chris, I I got really kind of into, uh, you know, books and things on Alaska when my kids were little. And we had the Mm -hmm. pleasure of having Gary Paulson um, make a a stop by the school. And Gary wrote some children's books. Probably most famous one is called Hatchet. Uh, but kind of talking about a move from the Midwest to Alaska and entered the Iditarod. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, knowing absolutely nothing about uh, about dogs or anything like that. But, man, mm-hmm. you know, the the shows and books and lore about Alaska have really taken off. I mean, on cable now there's a lot of, of um, kind of reality-type shows that, that are kind of focused on it. And uh, so nice to see that you're, you know, you're deep into that as well. So, so you have, um, and, and I know you've, so you have this book out, Accidental Adventures Alaska. Uh, anything else on the horizon? Yes, I am just delving into Accidental Adventures Alaska Volume 2. So just getting going on that right now. 
Is it just because there's so many people in Alaska screwing up that there's that many stories? <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> I mean, I'm obviously joking. I mean, because it's like, hey, hold my beer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, no, because you actually said, I mean, you said earlier in the show that um, your stories come or or the sources for the stories come from a a number of different resources. Are you going back to some of the same places or how are you doing your research for this one? Um, Well, as I was writing the first one and as it was coming out, I have had a lot of people say oh i've got a story for you so mm-hmm. my first line of attack is to to check into all those stories and see if they will fit um i'm probably not going to go back to the same rescue agencies but um uh, eric you mentioned gary paulson and the iditarod um i was thinking probably having an iditarod story would be a good idea or at least a dog mushing story of some kind oh sure yeah um, so yeah um so that's kind of how I'm starting, and I'll, I'll have to kind of determine um, what still needs to go into the book and what kind of agencies or um, areas where I'll t- kind of check out the newspapers and see what kinds of stories have appeared. You know, oh, I, I love that because one of my pet peeves is I'll, I'll read a, a story in the, in the paper, and you never have the conclusion it says so-and-so was involved trapped in their car for eight days and you know had to yeah. eat their foot or whatever they had to do and then and then but, but then you never know what happened you know there's no like follow-up there's no follow-through and it, it'd be wonderful to to have a book where you could you know, say hey i remember actually reading about that or hearing about that and and to know you know here's here's what really happened in that that situation so that that would yeah. be that would be awesome. Well, you yeah you absolutely have a, a lot of material to work with. I'm sure you know being being up there. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And I have to say, Eric, it's really satisfying when I do research something and I can get a hold of the person whose story was in the paper and really find out that ending and, and flesh out the whole story. It's incredibly satisfying. Oh, that's that's awesome. Well, that's good, you know, and, and especially anybody that's uh, working in the outdoors. I'm going to make a little pitch here. This is something, of course, we, we always taught in scouting, and it's have your 10 essentials. You yes, the Mountaineers have your 10 does that essentials. too. You know, you want a map, a compass, sunglasses or sunscreen, clothing, flashlight, first aid, fire starter mm-hmm. material, matches, knife, food, blanket. I got, I, I had... Um, I have used trekking poles when, when I'm in the mountains, and I, I wrap a half a roll of uh, duct tape on there. So I got yeah, duct tape. you going to say toilet paper. So, well, no, that, that's on the other pole. Uh, but uh, no, the, <laughs> you see me hiking with a roll of TP. Pack no, it no, in, no. pack it out, Betty. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know, but, but little things like that, you know, shock cord, a mirror for signaling. I mean, there's some, mm-hmm. some simple things. All of that can fit in a, a one-gallon Ziploc bag. Mm-hmm. And just bring it with you. You know, yes. it's 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 easy enough, and and that can get you out of a lot of pickles. You know, when you're out there in the woods. Well, and that's sort of actually, Chris. One of the reasons I thought it would be fun to have you on is all the issues that are happening in this book often happen here. Right. Avalanches happen here. Small craft advisories happen here. I mean, there was a oh, small totally. craft advisory mm-hmm. when I was out in the six foot swells, and mm-hmm. well. We, 
opted I mean, to go out it, there and we got, you know, knock on wood, we got lucky that, that we didn't have any mishaps. Absolutely. There were a yeah. lot of boats out there and a lot of tiny boats out there well, that the, day. Well, the day you were talking about, there were small craft advisories mm-hmm. out there and there were a lot of boats that, that had trouble that day. Yeah. But, but also what mm-hmm. I've noticed with COVID, if you go, and at least I don't know if it's the same in Alaska, Chris, but in Washington, every trailhead, hiking trailhead, popular trail on the weekends is packed. In yes. fact, some of them, you're, you're turned away. Mm-hmm. They're so crowded because everybody's stir crazy and they want to get outside. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. we have a lot of folks out in the mountains, uh, you know, out hiking, doing this, doing that, that have absolutely no idea what they're oh, you doing. you can tell just by looking at the gear they're wearing. Mm-hmm. And you're reading about right. that. We're reading about rescues. We're reading about people slipping off of cliffs and... And, uh, or watching you know, their or, cell phones or, and falling off of cliffs. Or worse. Yeah, yeah. that's absolutely right. So, sure, um, yeah, sure. so I, I have a feeling you'll have plenty of material to be writing about for many years to come. <laughs> yes, I have the feeling you're right. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. Once you, If you ever run out of stories, which I doubt will happen in Alaska, you could always just come down here because there's, you know, tenfold because <laughs> of the number of people <laughs> down here. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like it. Well, accidental adventures can happen anywhere. That's for sure. That's, yeah, that's right. Have yeah. to have to do a you know make. I, I see the the makings of a franchise here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I have to say, Chris, I'm I am a fan of how you wrote it because, like I mentioned earlier, the fact that you you do come across with kind of that first person narrative, um, but I do feel like you have the heart in here of here's what I learned like because it talks about like oh my gosh here's this moment and this anxiety I was experiencing and here's what I still chose to do and how Mm -hmm. how I tried to work through it or here at the end of the story here's what I realized out of all this because like even that first chapter she ends with and many years later she still remembers the main lessons of what happened on that first excursion gone awry Mm -hmm. right Right. and Yeah. yeah and and you as a reader are following along and you're experiencing, you know, the pains that she's having and, um, and, you know, seeing the mistakes or recognizing later on the mistakes, you know, cause like she mentions, you know, dipping her, uh, water bottle into the river numerous times. And so I wasn't mm-hmm. surprised at the end of her story about how she had, uh, was it pronounced Giardia? Beaver yeah. fever. Yeah. Yep. So okay. we call it. Beaver yeah. fever. Giardia. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, and she lost what, 15 pounds in like two weeks? Oh, yeah. Because that'll it, make it you sick. So yeah. sick. Oh, yeah. Big time. Um, you know, and, you know, here she was trying to, you know, pass some other tests, you know, for some other things that she was doing and, and you know, dealing mm-hmm. with that leftover of, of some poor decision making. Mm-hmm. But it's now <laughs> seared into her brain of like, I need to make better decisions. And honestly, like for us here on this show, we're constantly bringing up the mistakes we see people make within real estate mm-hmm. transactions because what we're trying to help our listeners do is to recognize things before they get themselves into that situation. Mm-hmm. You know, right. learn from someone else's mistake so that you yourself don't have to go through it and have, mm-hmm. you know, the pain and suffering that can come along with it. So I, right. I, I really love anything else, you know, we're getting down towards the end of the show. Anything else you would like to convey to our listeners either about the book or, um, obviously it's available on Amazon. We've got the holidays coming up. So yeah. certainly available as great gift items. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, all I would like to say is that, um, you know, we're in a very tense time right now and 
I like to think that these stories, you know, they create a lot of tension and then that tension is resolved. So maybe that's maybe that's the book's contribution during this pandemic time that we're in. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, well, well said. Couldn't have written it better. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Chris. Real pleasure to meet you and and look forward to reading the rest of your book. And when I see you, I want you to sign my copy. Oh, I'll be happy to. All right. Thank you both. All right. Well, that wraps up another episode of Open House with Team Reba. Thanks again for listening. Join us every Saturday from 2 to 3 and Sundays these days from 3 to 4 as well. And on podcasts. Look for us on podcasts. That's right. Correct. Have a great rest of your weekend, everyone. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at Remax Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at TeamReba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. The preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro Eastside and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.